Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Andrew Morgans today. Hi, Andrew. What's up? Just uh, wondering when you're going to pull the rest of your hair out. It's kind of a busy time of year for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, it's, a, it's a mixture of all the brands we were working with, getting them ready for Q4, closing that out, and then uh, new brands getting ready for 2019, making their marketing plans and uh, strategy. As well. Sure. And for those of you that uh, are just tuning in for the first time, Andrew is the Startup Hustle Amazon expert and the founder of Marknology and Marknology.com. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Thanks for the intro. You know what I want to talk about today? Crap. Crap. Can't realize a profit. So in my undying quest for knowledge... I was reading the Wall Street Journal because I want to sound sophisticated and smart, which I'm neither. And uh, I see that Amazon is targeting unprofitable items and trying to realize a greater profit out of certain items. And I am have a new favorite acronym, which is now CRAP, which is literally what Amazon's calling these things. Can't realize a profit. So I think as the owner of an Amazon brand accelerator, you can probably help me talk about crap. Yeah, I think it's a fun topic. Uh, I was excited when you said uh, you wanted to chat about it today uh, because it's something that I help sellers work through. Like uh, if someone was coming to my company, we'd call it a discovery session from day one. Um, or if we come on retainer with a brand, for, for instance, like Faultless Brands uh, locally, they're rebranding the Faultless Brands. Um, they they sell like single starches that they've always sold in B2B situations. Um, so their common move typically in the last four or five years would be to go to Amazon retail or Amazon vendor central, make a wholesale relationship with them, selling their products at, you know, 50% margins, probably just like a brick and mortar. Um, but we've decided to go direct with them. And so to do that, to be able to turn a profit on, on items like a, a can of starch, we have to pack them differently. We have to pack them in four packs, six packs. So that's something I've been working with brands and retailers with for years. But Amazon on the retail side is, is saying, we're tired of buying your item for at a 50% margin and selling a single pack. We can't make any money that way. So they're going to force them to do what we've been doing on the, on the third party or the, or the brand to consumer side for a while. Okay. So some of the things that you know Amazon had mentioned or talked about in this article um, were these were mainly items that cost less than fifteen bucks? Yes, and were usually heavy. Or so bulky it's it's either or, or. or yeah, it's yeah. either or. So it's like fifteen or less. And um, on the on the third party side, the side that I usually work with brands, um, there's something called small and light FBA small and light, which is a is an option if you're selling that really cheap item. And it's there's two fulfillment centers in the U.S. Your item has to be $15 or less. It has to be less than a pound. Uh, if it is that, you can, you can get about a dollar and a half off of your fulfillment fee, which for some items makes them uh, profitable, right? That's makes a lot them, on a $15 item, so even more on a $9 item. Exactly. So, But if it's over that, you're, you're dealing with a pretty hefty fee with a small price point. And then um, another client I'm working with, they sell bicycles. 
they're on Shark Tank, and um, doesn't matter who you are, you know, Amazon's coming at you. Um, but they're selling bikes. We've been selling a ton of them. Um, and it's a great product to sell to Amazon retail because we just send them pallets of bikes. They pay 50% margins for the bikes. We don't have to deal with the shipping costs of those, uh, the storage, anything like that. I want to back up. So when you're talking about Amazon retail, is that just regular Amazon? When I buy through the Amazon app, is that different than Amazon retail? Okay. So what it would look like to a buyer would be if you're on an Amazon product page, like the bicycle, and it would say um, it's a Guardian bike bicycle. That's the brand. Um, and then the product would say ships and sold by Amazon. Mm -hmm. That would be an Amazon retail product. So Amazon actually buys those from manufacturers and then they're in charge of marketing them. Think like a Walmart relationship with the brand. And then if you ever see it says sold by Guardian Bikes and fulfilled by Amazon, that means that Guardian Bikes is still keeping the product. They're sending them into warehouses, but at their own level, they're not retelling them to Amazon at a, at a 50% margin or anything like that. But then they're the ones that have to figure out the fees, the storage, and things like that. But there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Well, so when I, if I'm selling something to Amazon through Amazon Retail, then that's, that's a sold thing. Like I sell them 1,000 units at X price and they buy them from me. Or is it the same way? Do you, I still have to wait till they're sold to get paid? No, you get paid as soon as they buy them. But you are getting a 50% margin versus what we could get potentially a 70 or 85% margin if we're selling sure. directly. Um, and if Amazon doesn't sell them, they're going to stop ordering more. Okay, right. They're not going to be proactive. And another thing is that they only order as many as you can arrange in your first arrangement with them, your first agreement, or um, based on sales volume. So imagine you're not selling items. You can't get them into Amazon. Uh, they're not making POs for them. It's like you're kind of stuck. You can't be very proactive versus if you have direct control of the products, you're saying, I want to send in a thousand, you send in a thousand uh, to Amazon's warehouse. And then you can do things like use your influencers. You can use them, your website to fulfill them, all kinds of things to really push them. Um, so at the beginning, the, the vendor central is what we're going to call it. That's the retail, Amazon mm-hmm. retail. If you call into Amazon, they'll call it Amazon retail, but it's vendor central. Um a, a little tip, this is hot out there, but they're going to move to um, a, a unified, a centralized system called One, uh, one um, Vendor One, something really similar to that. We'll see what the branding comes out with, but they're going to combine the two. That's why they've been adding um, more vendor perks to the Seller Central side for the last two years. I think on some level, Amazon's created this problem for themselves by wanting to sell everything under the sun. Wanting to take over things like that you normally stop and buy at the grocery store, you know, like one of the one of the things that the article I was reading was focused on were things like uh, like Coca Cola products. So you know, someone wants to order a case of Coke in cans, and that's kind of heavy, mm-hmm. and it's not expensive, and who knows what the margin is. And some of the way that they're they're solving that is rather than making Coke ship that stuff into the Amazon site, they're shipping it directly from them. Right. And you know, that's going to, and, and I'll be interested to see how that works. I would imagine Amazon is closely tracking how well and accurate that fulfillment process is by the vendors. But if you think they're taking levels of transfer out of it. Oh yeah. I mean, it gets really complicated really fast. So if I'm working with a, a brand, um, we're selling direct to, to consumers. 
I'm usually suggesting a hybrid approach. And a hybrid approach is we're sending items into FBA, and we also have items that we use a a 3PL or a third-party logistics company to fulfill as well. It can help you back up how many items you have in FBA. It can help you do three packs, bigger packs, things like that. So you're doing a bit of self-fulfillment and a bit of FBA um, at once. I... So I, how does a company that sells bikes or something like that deal with that? Because no one buys a three-pack of bikes unless you have triplets. Right. So no one no one sells a three-pack of bikes. You're right. So the bike company is kind of an exception. Um, they're actually doing really well on Amazon because of their price point. Um, but so the retail relationship makes sense for them. Almost 99% of the time, I suggest a seller-central relationship. But they're benefiting off of Amazon swallowing those shipping fees okay. um, on a big bike like that. I actually just bought a bike. For my four-year-old. So if my four-year-old's listening to this, you're getting a bike for Christmas. Don't listen. Um, I don't think she'd even know. But part of that was not about shipping. It was about me not wanting to assemble it myself. Right. And they have the assembly fees. I want to go back quickly to um, you talking about Amazon shooting themselves in the foot. And I have some opinions on this. Um, I don't research all day, every day why Jeff is doing, Jeff Bezos is doing what he does. You guys on the We're not name. on a first name basis. Sorry, I didn't want to come across that way. Uh, but I do study his stuff all the time. Um, and so I believe that, you know, Amazon has been always focused on the consumer being happy, buyer, buyer satisfaction. It's a pretty good place to start. Right. And he's dominated the market. 50% of online sales because of that, because we get two-day shipping. It becomes like, why order from a website? We get guaranteed. We have no hassle returns. We can order anything and everything we want. He's gotten everybody there because he offered some of these things. So it's like he's gotten everyone. It's like build sales and then work your way backwards to get more profitable. Um, and so I think once people are reliable, relying on that drip, like let's say uh, Guardian Bikes, for example, I'm, I'm literally spitballing. We could use anyone. Pepsi Cola is doing a million in sales a year on Amazon. Um, and Amazon says to switch to a four pack of Pepsi Coke instead of single. You're going to switch to a four pack. Um, kind of like when Walmart's like, now you got to start shipping the products. Yeah. Um, in my well, mind, the so- cost of shipping of a four pack is probably slightly higher than just sending one. It's amazing the kind of stuff that. Amazon seems ready and willing to deliver me in a couple days. I, I look at them like six ninety nine and two day shipping. Like, where's your margin here? I get it. I can't it's combining products too. Yeah, I can never fault a business for uh, you know getting. I mean, really, what they're doing is really smart. Um, I would imagine that these FBA centers are probably full of a lot of crap. And that's probably piling up and has a lot to do with it. Because not only are you not making money on the sale, you're storing it, you're moving it, you're loading it, you're counting it. There's so many other factors that are involved in that crap determination. All right, so let's let's play a, a game here. Uh, and we'll go back and forth. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll mention items that are probably terrible to okay. sell okay. on Amazon. You get to go first. A super cheap, heavy item. It's horrible to sell. It's not specific enough. Okay, let's say... A car battery. A paperweight. A paperweight. That's a good one. I'm going with a car battery. Okay. I feel like they are really heavy. Probably hazardous to ship. Yep. So it probably has a higher cost. Probably won't even let us sell it there, honestly. They won't? No, we'd have to to ship ourselves. Okay. I think that... Well, would you like to have a turn? 
Yeah. Uh, man, my head's running with this one because I can see uh, this is new news, you know, and I can see where they're, where Amazon's going. It's all starting to connect for me uh, right here in this session, honestly. Um, but let's say um, pack of pencils. Okay. okay. It's just is not just because they're cheap. They're cheap. Is that because it's like three bucks? It's like three bucks. We're not going to get a price point. Okay. What about what about a um, Nixon watch? A watch? Yeah. What do you think? I don't know how much is a Nixon watch. Uh, let's say it's over a hundred. That would seem easy to ship, right? Great price point. That's a good product for Amazon. That's a good product. You want high price and lightweight. But we're talking about what you don't want to sell. What you don't want to sell. Yeah. I was going to see if you thought it was a good one or not. I think that's a good one. I that because I mean a watch takes up no space. It doesn't have any weight to it. Um, I mean that would be a good idea. So I I have experience not necessarily with Amazon, but with this whole thing because as you know, I used to work in the music industry, right. and I was affiliated with uh, different people that made musical instruments and the retailers that sold them. And I watched a whole industry change based on the shipability of certain things. And we'll use like a guitar pedal as an example. That's like a little cube. It doesn't, I mean, it has a little weight to it, but nothing that prevents shipping. So as the internet and e-commerce developed and evolved, it became even easier to compete and it, and it shrank margins and it became very Darwinistic. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of these companies can't even survive. Like I think guitar center is going to declare bankruptcy. And I've seen that whole industry change, whatever. So what, as I moved out of that and then I moved into the event ticket business at one point, I had a, I had a, a decision as to whether I wanted to have an actual retail location or none at all. And I, based on my experience with watching what had occurred with musical instruments, I said, this is all going electronic and it has. Yep. And was the last time you held an actual ticket stub or needed to, man, I get excited when I do. I know. Yeah, I know. Well, that was the thing that people kept complaining about. They're like, I want to frame these. I'm like, okay, cool. Don't know how to help you. But, you know, realizing that opening a retail location was futile yep. in that because of anything that was easily shippable. And I think that that's the problem that a lot of retail outlets and businesses have is you're not just competing locally, you're competing globally. And if it's something that Amazon can sell and sell easily, then the convenience of it. 100%. And that's the issue. So you go back to it though, is then where does that become kind of abusive to your bottom line? Like, I, I have often wondered, uh, okay, my wife buys cat litter. That's my next item, cat litter. It's not expensive, and it's heaviest. Right. We're talking like a 60-pound bag of gravel. And I can't imagine what the shipping is on that. And then it's prime. I'm getting there two days later. And that's another thing, too. You know, that's another thing that probably has an effect on this is, there's now a, a very strong push to from the U.S. Postal Service to no longer, I guess the U.S. Postal Service is locked into or has some commitments that companies like Amazon that are just massive shipping, like, dude, the, okay, so we're recording this on December 19th. Christmas is on a Tuesday, right? It's next, am I right? That's next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. This next weekend is going to be absolute hell 
for anybody that de- delivers anything. It was normally, but now there's a Sunday in the middle of it. I think we're right at almost the cutoff time for getting stuff by Christmas Eve. Sure. Even on Amazon. Yeah. So, and then heavier stuff is, you know, a whole nother thing. But, you know, so you're right about the cat litter. You're right about, um, I was thinking about garden tools, right? Super ah, long. Big. Yeah. Let me, right. let me throw a situation out at you though. My, yeah. What are the normal parameters? Like what is going to now boost my shipping costs? It's weight. That's an obvious one. You don't want to be large and oversized. Okay. So dimensional weight matters, um, as well as like the physical weight, but I wanted to bring up an example of, I think how Amazon pulls this off. Um, so whenever I first started in e-commerce, you know, I got out of school, computer science, worked in networking, hated it, went and took a risk at a startup and we sold car parts, specifically hitches, all of the trailer hitch brands. We had them, Kurt, um, down the line. And, uh, it was something I learned there from my boss who knew nothing about e-commerce, but he was a smart businessman. He'd been in, uh, in real estate, made, made quite a bit of money was and wanted to start an e-commerce company. And he worked with FedEx for hours over the year I was there negotiating rates. And he'd go back and forth between FedEx and UPS, FedEx and UPS, FedEx and UPS. And I have these conversations with manufacturers and brands all the time. I'm like, have you talked to your FedEx rep? And some of them, I've never even talked to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what my boss did was he negotiated. We, we took a really sharp, we would take a price hike on any small items. Okay, Like FedEx would give us no rates there. But he wanted our business so bad because we were already getting the business that he was giving us a huge discount on large items like hitches. We were getting a crazy discount for different zones around the U.S. based on we got this huge tax break on or not tax break, but price break on oversized items. Like the bigger the dimensions were, the better the price range was. Um, So I learned firsthand that there's these negotiations with these different shippers based on products. We actually had a we actually had a a, uh, guest on the show uh, from Veriship, Russ Lindmark. Okay, and Veriship does some similar stuff to that. They'll take for uh, enterprises that. By the way, they originally started as a ticket company too, which is how we knew. Who they Russ, were. and he came in and like, you know, at our ticket business, I mean, we would sometimes ship out 70 to 100 FedEx or UPS packages in a day. Some of them don't show up on time. And, you know, like those are all third party labels, meaning like StubHub gives you the label. You're not necessarily buying it yourself, but there that Veriship is based around helping you know when and where you may be able to, to negotiate a shipping price, or if they fail to deliver something in two days, like they are supposed to, you get a refund. Right. So you have you, to track all that down. Well, yeah, they make it a little easier to do that. Yeah. He was talking about the first time they audited that and like what it, and how ridiculous that so was. We were able to grow our business by not getting better prices on our products from these manufacturers. We were a small player. We got better we were able to beat their prices online across hundreds and thousands of items because we were negotiating our shipping costs, which everyone else builds into their product price online. And so we would audit item by item by item by item, um, and we would get lower prices based on those shipping rates, and we would go down that chart. 
Um, and if Amazon has those types of relationships with all these companies, because, you know, we get delivered by FedEx, UPS, like guys that are Uber drivers, like they've got a million relationships going on. Um, but then I think it comes right back to they're trying to go to this centralized system, which is a vendor central and seller central combined, which ha- is like two separate companies at Amazon, really. They do seem like they have a lot of systems because you're talking about vendor central and I'm in author central. You're right. Right. I published my book. There's actually, I was just in there the other day. There's there's over fifteen. That's actually. a lot. Yeah, that's why brands. Then have they just no merged idea. them too, like because they had the Kindle yep. publishing platform, and then they had like the author that you know create space and all these different things, and then they merged them, which is fine by me. But yeah, they seem to have a lot of systems. You used and a to lot have of things. Seller Central Canada on a standalone, and Seller Central US. Now they've combined them. You still have the standalone for some brands that have been out there a while. Um, it's a lot to navigate, and I just feel like they're getting. They want to get to the centralized uh, Amazon, and whenever they do that, they won't be able to fulfill these single Pepsi packs because it's yeah. not part of their plan. You know. Yeah, I find that that's why I was saying earlier. Is I feel like that's pretty interesting because what did they buy? Was it Whole Foods? Yeah. Okay, so they bought Whole Foods. They're clearly trying to get into that, but then they want to tell people that they don't want to deliver water. You know, or or they're or choosing the item specifically. There's another item to not sell water. That's crazy. Unless it's expensive water. I don't understand why you need to have that delivered anyway. Like I'm gonna drive past a hundred places that I could I think they'll deliver a water purifier if you wanna Yeah, that's that, this is plastic, my next point. Yeah, right. save some plastic. You know, that's another thing too that is always a hot topic is at what point I don't think there's a a real way to calculate that, but on a global level, at what point is some of this ridiculous? You know, like you're boxing it up on a truck or a car or a number of, I, you know, I worked from home yesterday and I swear the cul-de-sac I live in is just like popping. It's shocking (laughs) how many, there's like three tiers and times during the day where the white van goes through the UPS, then the FedEx, and then usually something else. Like a Penske truck that they're shipping boxes out of? They, they are now. That? U-Haul pulled up in front of my house yep. yesterday. Someone's making some money. One dude pulled up in uh, in a white cargo, like a box van, and this thing was 100% full. Yeah. They're, they're working with Amazon. Uh, I was like, wow. Uh, Amazon delivery. Basically, you can sign up for packages, and they're filling their whole truck. Worst job I ever had in my life. I worked... I. I was supposed to be working at a ski area in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it didn't snow. <laughs> and I had to, it didn't snow before they were supposed to open. And it was like maybe going to be like a month delay, and I needed a short term job. Went and took a seasonal job at UPS. Yes, been there. Oh, dude. Where they worst, put you? Worst ever. I was working in like basically like sorting. Yep. So I stood by the uh, conveyor belt. And I had to like turn the packages as they came by, but they were, there was a lot of them and they were coming real fast. And it's kind of funny because the UPS uh, management philosophy is not super employee friendly in my. Let's talk about that for real. Like, Dude, they this, were like can we go anywhere with this podcast? Sure. Why not? I, I don't work. So UPS, UPS and, like, and I don't own any stock in it. They're so. part of Amazon. I work there too. Okay. By the way, I think UPS is the worst of all of them. Of they're all of ter- them? They're 
fucking terrible. I don't know. I like, did that with the ticket business. Like we when StubHub at one point switched from FedEx to UPS, and we were like, "Oh God, this is going to be terrible." What can like Brown the, do for the, you? The FedEx, the, there's some things that are similarly colored that I can compare their service to. But I mean, FedEx, like our driver would show up and he, we'd give him a hundred packages, which that dude has to go back out to a hot van and scan. And we give him the FedEx guy and he'd be like, thanks for the business. And the UPS guy would be like, again today, you know, and then the mailman just wouldn't even show up, <laughs> like, you know? So it was like, shit, like who's going to be the worst at all this? But yeah, but the UPS, uh, management philosophy was there clearly to ride you. Yes. Like they get back to you, work, right? Get back to work. Like what you're too far away from the conveyor belt. Like I'm like, it's, it's a crazy system. They, I, I loaded the trucks. So I you, quit. You sorted I quit them. on like the 11th day. I, I, I deemed that I had made enough money that I could at least make it till it snowed <laughs> and the ski area open. I made it a couple months. I got good at it. But what I learned was, we loaded the trucks so up, five yellow, top yellow, you know, and you're jumping in this train that's going by, grabbing the packages. They want you to grab four to five. There's a supervisor watching you with a clipboard and a stopwatch. You got five trucks. You rode a train? There's a train that goes through the UPS. Like you're sorting it to go into a color, like top yellow or top red. As a truck loader, you have a color that's yours. And every fifth, like, train car, so to speak. They're not huge train cars, but every fifth one would be yours. And you get in there, grab them, run into the truck, line them up in order for the driver, come back, and you're like trying to empty out the train cars before 9 a.m. I, I got there at 3.30. So it's crazy. But you like start to get the train unloaded because you've been like the person usually sorting is there before me. And then uh, the driver comes. Well, okay, before this, let's say you get your train cars empty. So you're like, you're killing it. You know, you're just like, oh, yeah, I got a package now. There's only one in here because I've emptied it out. They're like, we need you to help out in there or like freight or something. They take you away for an hour to go help somebody that's going slow. You come back, your train cars are slam packed. And the driver's like, where's all my shit? Right? Like, I need to drive. Like, he's helping you load. He's pissed because he's helping you load. He's late. He's got a 14-hour day around Christmas. And the supervisor's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to send you over to freight and you missed your time. It's like, what? Anything over four hours is overtime, I think, at UPS. That's, how, that's how hard the job is. Oh, yeah. That's, I'm serious. Like Anything over four hours is overtime. God it's, bless you people for bringing my stuff. Thank you, UPS. My UPS drivers are, like, are real nice. I think the people that do it, I don't like the way that they make the people do it. Yes. That was my issue. I just didn't feel like they were very nice. Um, yeah, I didn't last long at that job. It wasn't a good time for me to be executing <laughs> my current uh, level of drive and work ethic. You're like, nah, I'm going to right. pay for my brain. So while you were loading those trains, that's another thing too. And that was one of the things I was doing there is sometimes packages were heavy. Yeah. And they had to actually come off. So I pulled them off the conveyor belt if I could even get them off. Like, yeah, that was a whole nother thing. You should live with your legs, not with your back. Dude, I was and get not. some get a friend, get a buddy. I was I was how old was I? I was twenty. I figured up the math because you get a sheet of all your packages, like with your supervisor. And on average, I was doing forty something thousand pounds of packages a day they're small packages but you get a total yeah but they add up you get a total and i'm like physically i'm moving a lot 
They didn't have Fitbit back then, but if they did, I would have got my steps in. Killing it. But I keep my, you know, my, my goal is only like 300 steps a day. So what kind of deals has Amazon made with them? Who knows? Yeah, I would imagine that was another thing too, is like, um, have you noticed that the like UPS delivers on Sunday now? Yeah. They say they don't, but I see the mail truck and it drops shit off. I would imagine that's just an effect of Amazon. Okay, let's talk. We were this was supposed to be crap that we don't want to sell. So heavy. Yep. Oversized. Yep. Hazardous. Batteries. Things like that. What can yeah, there's stuff you just can't sell, right? Right. Then what are those? Um, it would be anything that's like a hazardous material. Okay. Batteries is one of them. Acid, that kind of stuff. Liquids. If you don't have I buy the right batteries type of all packaging. the time on Amazon, they're like Duracell. Yeah. It depends so on the those battery. Are okay? You have to have all your paperwork in order. You have to have like go through an approval process. So like Duracell has to go through a dog and pony show to sell yes. their stuff. Okay. Um, a lot of times, like if a, a manufacturer has built their product packaging for the shelf, like a Walmart. Mm-hmm. or uh hy around here um their product packaging isn't uh built enough to be shipped that's like uncle ben's rice or yeah. something like that yes. it would be pierced or just blow up easily okay um so those items like you almost need to have different packaging for amazon or e-commerce oh that's the same way with selling to costco though i would think that a major brand would be ready for that i mean they clearly make different packages to be sold at costco I mean, I have yet to see the 64-ounce some things at my local grocery store. There's a lot of brands that aren't there. Yeah. There's a lot of brands that aren't there. So I guess if you're preparing to sell stuff on Amazon, you have to give that some consideration. I mean, if you and, and most of the time we're just trying, you know, especially businesses in an early stage is trying to just sell stuff and stay open and pay bills and like see the dream occur and that makes it difficult to look at things in a long way meaning like what happens where do we want to be i spend so much time talking to people you know so for full scale i talk to businesses all day about their needs and what they're trying to build and how we might be able to help them with resources or this and that and i spend so much time talking to people about all the shit that can go wrong and I always try to encourage them to start talking about what happens when things go right. Because we're oftentimes not prepared for that. And I could see that occurring in a product-based business very quickly. Because to now re-engineer your manufacturing, your packaging, all that stuff, that is not fast. And you got to give some thought to that. Yep. And how you're going to do that. And also, like, if you're planning on creating a product and selling it, you know, how shippable is it? That's another thing, too. Like, I would think that a giant box that was still light as a feather is probably expensive to ship, too. Dimensionally, yes. It's just dimensions, not always weight. Like a broom. A broom's kind of like a garden tool. Yeah, I was just thinking like a rake versus like a broom's light. You know, but still still just, requires a big box. Yeah, exactly. There's no way around that. Mm-hmm. I would think some other things too. Like when I think about, you know, you mentioned trailer hitches and I think about like different types of like little engine components or motors, but heavy. Don't mind if the price is great. Yeah. Right. But if it's not expensive, even if it's like, you know, 40 bucks, that's not expensive. Like there's so many things that are under 15 bucks that. 
So Amazon has things like Amazon uh, add-on items. Yeah, those, those have to be, I, I never buy the add-on item. It's, if you're buying a few things, it's okay. But I really work with sellers and not get them in the add-on item. Here, we'll share what my recent Amazon purchases were, and we'll see if these are good or bad. And hopefully I didn't buy anything too stupid. I bought some socks. Okay. Knows they, to sell. they arrived today. Shout out to Knows to Sell. Uh, yeah, those are they were from Nike. Okay. I bought s- uh, some attachments for my cable machine in my gym. Okay. Uh, here you go. I bought, this is funny, I bought 24 bottles of Mio Energy. I like it. I bought a lemonade stand for my kids. A bike. I bought a ungodly amount of earplugs for things I'm not ready to talk about that do involve people at full scale or around full scale going to live events. I bought LED strip lights. So those are, these things are all easy to ship. Yeah. Socks, cheap. The cable machines, that's like the little, because, uh, you know, I got to sculpt my guns. Did they throw it in one box? Got to sculpt my guns. So, uh, no, you're looking the, good, by the way. Thanks. I have actually lost 35 pounds. I can tell. I know my wife has too. Feeling good, man. I, it's all about looking good. Look yeah. good, feel good. Try. Um, so the lemonade stand thing was kind of heavy, but it was packaged well. It was like that flat, you know, box that you know, I'm going to have to build that. Earplugs were light, LED lights were very light. Um, here you go. Battery for my Supreme brand Hornet RC race car, which somehow didn't come with a freaking battery. Yeah. Anyway, but that took forever. Yeah. Probably came from the person. It must have, but it took forever. Um, wireless earbuds, easy to ship. That was a small box. Uh, sleep drugs. Nice. Unisom. Entrepreneur need. Well, it came for the uh, trips I was on. I mean, oh, here's one that I bet wasn't good. I, a, a back hyperextension bench, like the thing you bend over and like, dude, like. I want one of uh, those. Yeah, but, here's a, but here's, a good, here's a good point. So this thing was heavy. It was... Oh, it's currently unavailable. I can't even buy it again. Sold out for Christmas. It was probably like 80 bucks, but that's probably still okay. But I can't imagine the shipping on it was cheap. Like it was a task to carry it. Wireless microphones, Beats headphones. I love headphones. Some gold dress shoes. Not surprised. Everyone needs those. Yeah, all the, I mean... I'm looking at what I've bought now here. Here was one that's probably, (laughs) I bought a bag of dirt, like a 40 pound bag of soil for some plants. It was like $9. That's probably not a good, that's the type of product that they're talking about. Yeah. A bunch of clocks because I'm selling for a seller. Uh, you know how to say the word? Like it's D E pool filter, but it's like Demetrius or something like that. Right. Some kind of real science word. But uh, real science. Work. Our our shipping costs coming up in the next episode of Startup Hustle will be they, real science words. They call it DE pool filter because no one can say the word. Okay, yeah. so uh, it's probably like eighteen letters. But our shipping fee for selling directly with them is like twelve dollars. 
Um, and it's like a thirty dollar, um, you know, pool filter powder. Um, so if we're selling direct, Amazon's swallowing. I feel like a lot of shipping costs. There has to be when they're not they charging just, it to the customer. There have to be things that they just lose money on. Yeah, I think they've been doing that for years, and they just got yeah. the market share. So, well, you know, and on a final note. Um, how crazy was this holiday season for you and your clients? Uh, we're, we're setting some records for some brands. They're, they're loving it. Some new brands that haven't been through a Q4 with us, um, which is really exciting to see. I feel like any brand that goes through Q4 on Amazon, like it just really propels them into the next year once they get through that first Q4 and they're strong. Um, it's exciting. And we'll have to see how the tally uh, ends up. I'd like to see total uh, what kind of sales we saw. Um, but it, it actually goes strong into January. January is still a really, really strong yeah, month. I was curious about that. There's yeah. a lot of returns. There's a lot of gift cards. There's a lot yeah. of just uh, you know That's people getting one. cash. Um, and January, uh, specifically when you return stuff to Amazon, if you don't have the receipt or things like that, you're getting a credit. Um, and January, we still see strong numbers. So it's a lull right around Christmas, and then it starts picking back up. You know, there was one other thing that recently got shipped to me, um, Santa sent me my lump of coal okay <laughs> directly through prime yeah i just got it i thought it was nice of him to send it early he's clearly offloading the naughty list yeah he knows yeah i know so well anyway well thanks for coming in man we'll uh we'll check back with you um after christmas and after all this insanity and hopefully uh hopefully those of you listening learned a little more about crap see you next time Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.